1: Well, welcome in to episode 8 of FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. Brian Tutel here, happy to be with you. We'll be joined by Colton Nuwana's, my dear and esteemed friend, and our much lauded producer, David Graff, here shortly. But, as we like to do at the top of uh, every episode, we take a look at the new stats FCS top 10, who's in it, how they did last week, and what they have coming up for the rest of the week so let's go through it North Dakota State still number one in the nation of course they're 10-0 on the season they won handily over Western Illinois 57-21 last weekend but not nearly handily enough to cover the 43.5 point spread that was on that game so even though they win by 36 they uh, they still over a score away from that one they're 6-4 and four against the spread by the way NDSU on the year but they are 10-0 in the uh, number that matters they have a, they are a a half point favorite versus South Dakota this week. James Madison, number 2 in the nation. They're 9 and 1 on the season. They're 8-1 and 1 against the spread. They just keep covering, and they did it again. A 54-16 win over New Hampshire. 17 and a half points was the number on that game. They easily cover by double. They're a 24 point favorite over the Spiders of Richmond this weekend. Weber State did not cover over North Dakota. It was a squeaker, but still a W for the Wildcats. Weber State the only undefeated team in conference in the big sky. A 30-27 win over North Dakota when they were a 17 and a half point favorite. They do lose They're starting running back to concussion in that game. Uh, We'll see what his availability is this weekend. Weber State, a huge matchup, the top matchup in the country this weekend as they visit number 5 Montana, where they are a a four-and-a-half-point underdog. Northern Iowa is on the road at South Dakota State this week. We will visit with Jim Nelson about this game, so make sure you uh, listen to that. But Northern Iowa... Beats Indiana State. They did not cover the 21 points, but it does not matter to them. They win 17 to nine, and they are number four in the nation. Interesting. Three of the top four teams in the nation did not cover this week. Uh, uh, James Madison, the only team that did. So UNI, though number four in the nation at South Dakota State this weekend. The Montana Grizzlies. They were. A uh, 17-point favorite early, that number moved to minus 19 against Idaho, and they were down 10 nothing to start this game at the end of, or just at the, after the start of the second quarter, I guess. Guess what? They went on a 42-7 run and hammered the Vandals, covered the spread, and now are 8-2 on the year, 8-2 against the number, and hosting number three Weber State, the Grizzlies. A 4.5-point home favorite, how about that, over the third-ranked team in the nation. Sacramento State, on the road at North Dakota, they did not cover, but... They did win, 38-34. Kevin Thompson's still not back for Sacramento State, but they managed to get the W on the road at Northern Arizona. They go on the road again to the aforementioned Idaho Vandals. Idaho has been great at home, 4-1. and The Vandals 0-5 on the road, so obviously it matters very much if they're in the Kibbe Dome or not. That said, Sacramento State probably the best team to come into Idaho this year, and the Hornets are a 9.5-point favorite. Uh, Kevin Thompson's status still unknown for that football game. Illinois State. Huge upset victory. They were a 15-point underdog. They cover, obviously, easily because they won the doggone football game. They win by nine over South Dakota State. South Dakota State starting quarterback out for the year. That has obviously had an adverse effect on the Jackrabbits, a 27-18 win for the Redbirds. Illinois State uh, covers that number. They're number seven in the nation, and they are playing Missouri State, hosting Missouri State. uh, Illinois State, a 21-point favorite this weekend against uh, Missouri State. South Dakota State, as we mentioned, losing to Illinois State. They dropped to 8th. They uh, did not cover, uh, but not by a long shot. In fact, the 24-point swing from being a 15-point favorite to a 9-point loser. Talked about the quarterback situation, and the road gets no easier for South Dakota State, who is still a favorite at home, this time against 4th-ranked Northern Iowa. So SDSU got to try and figure it out, get back on the rails, uh, and they'll have an opportunity in a top-8 matchup against the Panthers of UNI. Furman, a huge SOCON matchup matchup against Wofford. They are on the road at Wofford this weekend. They're a one-point favorite on the road. They crushed VMI, did Furman, this past weekend, 60-21. Uh, they were a 23-point favorite. It's hard to cover that 23-point number, but not if you're Furman. They win by 39, uh, and, uh, and Cruz, they're the number nine team in the nation, and Wofford hosting them. Finally, Montana State was on the road at Northern Colorado. They were a 15-point favorite in the game. Covered easily, won by 40, excuse me, 31 points in this football game, 45 14, uh, the final of that. They go on the road, a gigantic matchup. It has tons of playoff implications and everything else for both Montana State and UC Davis. They visit Davis, California, take on the Aggies. UC Davis unranked, but still a three point favorite. How about that? The Bobcats, a three point road underdog as they visit UC Davis. That rounds out the top 10. Two teams were in the top 10 last week that fell out of. Central Arkansas was seventh-ranked team in the nation. They dropped to 14. They were a three-point favorite against Southeastern Louisiana. They lost, hello, 34 to zero. Good gracious! I mean, they should drop more than seven spots for crying out loud—from seven to 14 after hanging up a goose egg, giving up 34 points to Southeastern Louisiana. Uh, so they drop out of the top 10. Uh, also, Princeton. They were number 10 in the nation. They lose to Dartmouth. Oh, the great, great, mean green of Dartmouth. Uh, let's hear it for uh, the Ivy League. Yes, boys and girls, I know that's not how you say it. All right, Dartmouth uh, got a 27-10 win uh, and, uh, and ran all over Princeton in this football game. So Princeton drops from 10 to 18. Let's review how you guys did last week. It was... Uh, it last week. Quite Ryan. the
2: showing, yeah. Quite the showing. Ryan went four and two against the spread in Big Sky games. Coulter went five and one. Ow, no. crap. Your one disagreement, Coulter. Coulter reigned supreme on. That was actually our first game. Sacramento State minus thirteen and a half. Ryan thought it was a good idea.
1: I wanted to ride with the Hornets, dude. Even without KT in there, didn't work out.
2: KT from the bench couldn't rally them to a cover. They won 38-34, though. Next game was UC Davis, minus three and a half at Portland State. UC Davis all over Portland State. Both quarterbacks went for four touchdown passes, and UC Davis won 45-28. Next game was uh, one of Ryan's wet dreams. What a wet dream final score. Idaho State had a whopping five.
1: This was, this was the log of the week, uh, and but it just got so much better when there was five points scored in total by a team.
2: Yeah, Eastern Washington was minus six and a half. They won forty-eight to five.
1: How you get forty-eight points but also give up a safety is a really odd phenomenon.
2: It just shows that Idaho State has its moments on special teams, doesn't it? You know, because well, you had to know. pin them up. You had to, had to. Pin, to be it, teams? They pinned them deep. Okay. It was a punt. Okay. It was a punt. All right. All right, next game. This was the one game that Ryan and Coulter agreed on, and they whiffed. Weber State won 30-27 as 16.5-point home favorites, so they didn't cover. It was kind of a controversial game. North Dakota maybe should have won. There are a few plays, few penalty calls that could have shifted the balance, but they went Weber State's way, and Weber State pulled out the three-point victory. Not going to talk about the Big Sky officiating here. (laughs) Um, Next game, Montana State won easily 45-14 at Northern Colorado. The fact that this spread wasn't a million, well, that's – A bit of a mystery. That's Sportsbook's loss because – I think everybody still would have been on Montana State. Montana State covered minus 11.5. Obviously, I think they closed somewhere around – they closed at minus
1: 15. 45-14 in the final, by the way. Exactly. I was wondering. Exactly. In front of them. Exactly.
2: Then finally we have Montana, who opened as a 17-point home favorite against Idaho. They closed minus 19, and they cover all those numbers forty two seventeen Let me they ask were, you this, David they Let me were ask down 10 nothing
1: if if you said you're you're a minus 29 and you have three quarters, what do you do with that
2: I'm throwing that ticket away probably
1: yeah and yet that's what Montana did on a 42
2: although seven. it was Idaho I mean okay, I would throw that ticket away at the NFL at the NFL, but the college game is so slow and there's so much more time than the clock indicates because this, the clock stops after the first right. So there, I, there's be a sliver of chance, but I would be yelling expletives into my phone, texting my buddies. So I believe that. All right. Then we had, let's see, where's our, here we go.
1: Northern Iowa.
2: We had Illinois State oh, yes. at South Dakota State. Ryan said minus 17 and a half. I don't care who's at QB for South Dakota State. Should have cared. Illinois State actually won 27-18. Yeah, I should
1: have cared that it was a third-string quarterback playing a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, yeah, And I did not, and that's on me.
2: Randy Reinhardt from the Pantograph who covers Illinois State. He said Illinois State, though. Too many points. So good for Randy. Next we got number 10, Princeton, at number 13, Dartmouth. Those are the rankings last week. Uh, Dartmouth covered minus three and a half, they won 27 to 10. Then finally, James Madison does what it does best and covers college football games. They covered minus 17 and a half for Ryan, so Ryan went two and one on the FCS nationally.
1: 8-1-1 against the spread, James Madison.
2: Yeah, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as you go forward. Finally, at the FBS level, Ryan went 3-0. and oh.
1: Boom. Boom.
2: LSU plus 6, Washington minus 10, Wyoming plus 13, all easy cash money.
1: Go Tigers. So with that, let's jump into this week's picks against the spread. Coulter, uh, another loaded-up docket, the second-to-last week of regular season football in the Big Sky Conference, all odds, courtesy of BetNow.eu this week. Northern Colorado is at North Dakota. The Fighting Hawks, Coulter are a 16-point home favorite in this football game. The total is only 51.5, kind of a low-scoring uh, game. Northern Colorado obviously gave it up to Montana State last week, 42 points in the first dang half of the football game. No, 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 that's not true. I'm going back too far to the Southern Utah game. Nonetheless, a uh, 45-14 win for, for Montana State over Northern Colorado last week. This game on Pluto Television Channel 419, uh, and uh, Northern Colorado, Plus 16 on the road at North Dakota. What do you think about this matchup?
0: I think North Dakota, I think there's two teams in the Big Sky Conference. Here's, here's where the unbalanced schedule just makes judging teams based on their record so hard. Because I think that if, I mean, who, who knows what North Dakota's record would be if they played Montana State's or Eastern Washington's schedule? who knows what UC Davis's record would be if those they if they'd played those two team schedules on the flip side North Dakota's played a really hard schedule they just took Weber State down the wire they lost by 3 they beat UC Davis earlier this year they beat Sam Houston State earlier this year they beat Montana State earlier this year so North Dakota is a really good team even when you're looking at their direct record as 5 and 5 and then falling out of the polls
1: and and they're really good at home really good at home yeah
0: and so uh and northern colorado is on the uh, opposite trajectory. I mean northern colorado's got Jacob Nipp who's likely a pro prospect, but other than that, you know, for whatever reason northern colorado has been really really dedicated to the inside run game. Milo Hall, the running back who is a transfer from Wyoming, he leads the conference in carries. He's only averaging 3.3 yards per carry. Give him credit for being tough, but he's got multiple 30 plus carry games. Right for not gigantic rushing totals like you'd expect a college running back to have. And that plays into the hands of North Dakota. If North Dakota, if Northern Colorado is going to run the ball up the middle, North Dakota is going to feast, especially at home, because of their blitzing style. So, um, I mean, right now with the state of North Northern Colorado all the way around, just the fact that they kind of have a lame duck coach who's on a, Contract that the school really can't afford to buy out, and the fact that they haven't been really good at any element of the game all year long, and the fact that North Dakota is so good at home, it just seems to me like betting against Northern Colorado, no matter what the spread is at this point, is pretty a pretty good bet.
1: Yeah, I'm taking North Dakota minus 16. The only issue I have with this is North Dakota has played a lot of very close games this year, at least a lot of relatively close games. I mean, their one game at Eastern Washington, they lost by 15, um, but and then there's the Idaho State game where they just rolled in Pocatello because right now everybody is rolling against the Bengals. Not good, but you're talking about a four-point win against Cal Poly, a two-point win against UC Davis, a four-point win against Montana State, a three-point loss at Weber State, a really good game last week. Now, those teams are all better than Northern Colorado, no doubt, uh, but it seems Seems like you know, the Fighting Hawks aren't a team that really goes out and buries teams very often. Uh, 17 points, though. I mean, it's a 16 point spread. Do they need to get to 17? I think they will do it. Uh, Idaho State Coulter, this is a non conference game. Obviously, they it is just all gone bad for Rob Fennessy and the Bengals uh, this year, and it doesn't get easier now. They go to BYU uh, to play the Cougars. They are 32 and a half point favorites, is BYU in this game uh, at home against Idaho State.
0: The Bengals were surprisingly good on defense for like the first five games of the year. And then the, all of a sudden, a switch flipped after they were up 17-0 in Missoula, and it was the switch flipping in the wrong direction. And they went from better than he expected on defense, and they only gave up 31 points to Utah. They lost 31-0, but it's still only 31-0 to a Utah team that's one of the top 10 or 12 teams in the entire country. And since then i don't know if it's been an injury deal or what what has happened but idaho state's been horrible on defense
1: well i think they haven't even been as bad as you think that they've been i think that they've given up two pick sixes per game about That's three so games true, straight man. i mean the the totals that you're seeing there a lot of that is not on the defense whether it's just been straight defensive scores or the defense putting in a put in a really bad spot so i the mean three de- is...
0: three defensive touchdowns for idaho in a 45-21 win yeah over uh Idaho State two defensive touchdowns for Southern Utah uh, in and a special teams touchdown in uh, a 59-34 win over Idaho State two more defensive touchdowns for Northern Colorado so i mean are you keeping track this is seven non offensive touchdowns totally. for uh, against Idaho State and then um last week they avoided it, but they still gave up forty-eight points to Eastern Washington. Eric Berrier threw three different long touchdown passes and Antoine Kessler had an eighty nine yard touchdown run. The Bengals are just they're getting gashed. And looking at their defensive lineup, uh looks like they've been they have kind of a rotating door at corner, which is never good. Uh they still have a couple good players on defense, but I I don't really know what's gone wrong specifically. For Idaho State, but giving up defensive touchdowns like that is going to kill you, kill the morale of your team, and it's going to matriculate through the entire roster. Okay, so, so I, I, I mean, I got BYU all day right? minus thirty
1: two and a half. I mean, I don't know, man. It's a huge number. I wouldn't. I don't usually go that big on numbers. Uh, probably you got to take BYU in this one. Although, you know, let me get on Idaho State and just say they figure out a way to like. See, here's the not thing. if if they don't do it to themselves, they can cover that number.
0: I think that Big Sky versus FBS opponents in the first month of the season are conspicuous, and I always tend to want to take the 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 underdog, maybe unknown, underestimated FCS team to cover big numbers, a four touchdown or more spread. I think it's a lot more intriguing and a lot more safe to bet on the underdog. When we're talking about this point in the season, I mean, these guys have just lost to Northern Colorado, Southern Utah, and then they got just wailed on by Eastern Washington – What's if this game was week two? They'd have so much initiative to play it. I don't know where the initiative to play for well, Idaho State. Well, I think
1: is. the initiative comes because of where you're playing and who you're playing sure. against. You know, I think that for a team that their season is lost, the one thing that you might be able to get up for is just an environment and an opportunity to play in front. I mean, it's going to be. 50,000, 60,000 people at the football game, and, right?
0: Uh, ironically, there will be some Idaho State people there because it's a short drive. I mean, it's four hours probably from Pocatello to Provo, maybe five, but it, it's, not, it's not undoable, so we'll see. But I, I don't know, man. I got,
1: I got BYU. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take Idaho State. The total on this game is 58 and a half. I'm taking the over on the, on the total.
0: We didn't mention the over on the uh, North Dakota, Northern Colorado game, 51 and a half. I got the under. Mm. What do you think?
1: I don't have any idea. You take the under, I'll ride with you. Great. Okay. You
0: got the over. BYU, Idaho State, I do too. Uh,
1: Idaho State, BYU, by the way, on BYU television and on ESPN3. Northern Arizona at Southern Utah. This is a, a rivalry game. I mean, these two schools are pretty close to each other, really, all things considered. And Northern Arizona, who has not been able to stop anybody, and Southern Utah, that hasn't been able to do anything at all. The total on this game, 78 and a half is what they're looking at in this thing. Minus three and a half, though. How about that? How how about a 40-37 football game? How about a 50-47 football game? I don't know. Northern Arizona, uh, again, on the road in this one. Pluto Television Channel 536. Uh, I've watched Southern Utah literally legitimately one time this season it was against montana state what i saw i can never ever 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 pick them for anything i'll take northern arizona they have the best player in case cook to win this thing by four or more and probably score 65 while allowing 60
0: northern arizona has been the team that has burned us the most because they actually northern arizona's issues are not talent issues really they have had a lot of just Effort issues, especially mm. in the second half of games. That said, Northern, Southern Utah is not good, and I don't know, man. That uh, that over under is is dangerous because Northern Arizona is at scoring forty points per game. I don't see how Southern Utah scored and, scored enough to 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 get you there to get you there. Yeah. So I got Northern Arizona to cover. I think that's actually a, a really good bet. But I think the over under over under stay away from it. But I'm taking the under as well.
1: Uh. Sacramento State at Idaho. Sac State is a nine and a half point favorite on the road against the Vandals. And Coulter, if there was a game that Idaho had to have to kind of like, you know, make its season, it was probably last week because Idaho has been, uh, uh, you know, like a kind of a 500 team uh, this season, but they get they get avalanched in the last three quarters by the Grizzlies last weekend. They lose 42-17. The one thing about the Vandals is I think they're 4-1 and in the Dome and 0-5 on the road. They are at home, but Sacramento State is a really good football team. We still don't know the status of Kevin Thompson for this week. That obviously is very influential. Sacramento State, though, uh, the number six team in the nation is a 9.5 point favorite in the Kibby Dome. I know Idaho plays better there. Uh, they have burned me a couple times this season by playing better than I thought they would Play at home and winning football games straight up at home. Sacramento State, though, is really good. And I, you know, I just love the Hornets this year. Uh, and I don't think nine and a half is such a huge number. So I'll, I'll take Sacramento State in a tough place to play. Maybe a team's motivated. Maybe they're feeling a little embarrassed off of last week or whatever. They, they, they rally a little bit in the Vandals, but I'm still taking Sacramento State to cover that number.
0: Tough finish to the season for Sac State, who's had an incredibly tough schedule from start to finish. But they got to go to Flagstaff, they got to go to Moscow, and then they got to host UC Davis in their yeah. rivalry game. Played in the walk-up Sky Dome and the Kibbe Dome back-to-back weeks. <laughs> that's that's no easy task, man. Idaho has been the team that's burned us the most when you talk about betting against them at home. Yep. I don't think the Vandals are good, but they are good at the Kibbe Dome, and I think that Sac State, with the uncertainty of Kevin Thompson, I mean, we don't really know. And that's that's where the FCS in general is so hard to pick lines because a team like Sac State, the guy who's going to – I mean, I'm the guy that's going to figure out – me or Craig Haley are the guys that are going to figure out if Kevin Thompson's playing or not before the game. I don't really know how to go about that because I don't think there's any sources down there that's going to tell us if he's a go or not because it is a, a strategic advantage for Sac State to not let anybody know that. And if Kevin Thompson doesn't play – I don't think that Idaho's going to beat Sac State, but I think they could cover nine and a half point spread. It took a resounding comeback last week for Sac State to come all the way back and win 38-34 at NAU. Because Idaho has been almost unbeatable at home, and because we don't know the status of Kevin Thompson, I'm going to pick the Vandals to cover that.
1: Okay. Here's the thing, though. We also don't know the status of Jeff Cotton and Andre Carter for Idaho. They're number one wide So, right Andre receiver. Carter's going to be
0: back. Okay. Paul Petrino talked about this on his press conference yesterday. Shout out to Colton Clark from uh, the Liston Tribune for reporting this, but Andre Saunders is going to be back. Andre Carter. Andre Carter, excuse me.
1: Isaiah Saunders was their running back last year. Yeah. Andre
0: Carter's going to be back uh, this week. Jeff Cotton, probably not.
1: Okay. I thought that, I mean, losing both those guys was a major part of what happened on Saturday for Idaho. Not having Jeff Cotton is a big deal, and that is a great defensive front that Sacramento State has. And I think that's problems for Idaho. I'm still going to take Sacramento State to cover the 9.5. Total on this game, 55.5. Under. Eastern Washington. Washington. Don't look now, they're 5 and 5 but they're 4 and 2 in the Big Sky Conference and they got two very winnable games in their last two. They could end up 6 and 2 in the Big Sky even though they would only be 7 and 5 overall. A loss to Idaho on the schedule but a non-conference loss, sort of a bizarre situation for the Eagles right here. They still feel like they're playing for something in Cheney, although this game is in California, Cal Poly. They've been tough, but they haven't been good enough uh, this season. They're an 11 point dog at home against Eastern Washington. I, I'm always reticent to sit here and predict what's going to happen in a Cal Poly game because it just seems like it, the pendulum can swing so far in a lot of and well, in two directions when you're doing a triple option and what Cal Poly does. And frankly, with an Eastern Washington team that's been a roller coaster this year, I mean, no consistency. When they've been good, they've been really good, but they've also been truly bad at times. I mean probably give me the Eagles they got, they're got they the ones who the onus is on them to get the thing done to play and to to win and to get a fifth conference win uh, before the end of the season and see if you know they can find they backdoor their way into the tournament which I, I think is probably not going to happen but it's not a 0% chance so I guess I'll take Eastern Washington minus the 11 on the road against a Cal Poly team again who's just simply undermanned and overmatched in general.
0: Eric Berry has been tearing it up despite Eastern Washington's struggles. He's thrown for 3,276 yards, 27 touchdowns, just four picks. He's got an efficiency of almost 155. Been the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Week at least twice, maybe three times, so he alone is good enough to beat Cal Poly, I think. Cal Poly's
1: just not good on defense. Yeah, Uh, I got Eastern Washington, and I got the over 67 and a half the total taking the over i'll go with you on that by the way that game is on pluto television channel 554 the sex state idaho state game if you're looking for it pluto channel 542 and also swx washington montana state huge huge game at uc davis montana state wins this game they punch their ticket to the postseason for sure um they may be in as it is right now although you don't think so and i can Maybe agree with you on that, that if they lost their next two, they might be on the outside, probably would be on the outside looking in. With the Grizzlies going the way they're going right now, going to Bozeman next weekend, obviously anything can happen in a rivalry game. You don't want that on you as well. The Cats, though, go to a UC Davis team who has not been as good as we thought they would be but is still very dangerous. They're 5-5, five and five, they're playing at home, and UC Davis is a three-point favorite in this football game.
0: This is really tough because I do think that it's a good matchup for Montana State particularly because I think they're going to be able to get pressure on Jake Mayer, which I think is the number one way to slow down UC Davis's offense. I also think that Alonzo Gilliam has been probably the most underrated player in the Big Sky Conference this year. He's leading the league in rushing. He's got 1,055 yards. He rushed for 240-plus yards and two touchdowns last week against a Portland State team that can play a little bit of defense. The Aggies are so hard to figure out because they have – they're five and 5-5. Five. They They've beat the teams that they're supposed to beat handily – Every ranked team they've played, they've lost, but not handily. I mean, they played well against North Dakota State. Dan Hawkins on two-tell Nuanas earlier this week said, the game we, that we crumbled under expectations, the only game since I've been here that we listened to and did not react well to outside noise was against Montana when Montana trucked them. But other than that, then they only lost by two at North Dakota, but still a loss. And they lost by two touchdowns to Weaver State, but still a loss. First of all, how does Montana State compare to North Dakota State, Montana, Weaver State? Are the Cats ready to be in that same company of top five teams? Or is UC Davis a product of their schedule more than anything else? It's a huge prove-it game for, I think, both programs.
1: 100%. Like, I look at this game, a lot of times this time of year, I look at who's motivated. You know, you can do this with bowl games a lot of times, is you can just pick the team that that for whatever reason wants to be in the game. A lot of people don't care about the point settiable. I know it doesn't exist anymore. A lot of people don't care about the cars.com bowl or whatever. But if there's a team that can get up for it and say, we want to be here, we're happy to be here, that's the team that's going to win nine times out of ten. That also happens down the end of the season when teams, maybe one team's going one direction, one team's going the other direction. In this game, this to me is the, the game where both teams need it the most. Uh, UC Davis could surge down the stretch. If they get a win over number 10 Montana State, and then go on the road and beat a top, say a f- top 5-6 team in the country at Sacramento State in the end of the season, they're a 7-win team with two huge wins at the end, and a team that was highly ranked to begin the season. They'll be back in the top 25, and perhaps in the conversation for a postseason berth. So it's not over for them either, but this well, is... And an...
0: They will also have played 5 top 10 teams and an FBS team. Right.
1: That's unprecedented. Th- this is But this is a have-to-have-it football game. Have-to-have-it for UC Davis. For Montana State, they don't have to have it for their playoff lives, but they might because, again, you just don't want to go into a rivalry game the last weekend of the season and have that also riding on it as a postseason berth. I mean, it's just so much. Anyway, I am surprised, though, that UC Davis is a favorite, so when it comes to the number in this thing, I'm taking Montana State. Uh, I mean, if you're going to give me points with the Cats, who are a top-10 team in the nation, they're feeling good about themselves, granted against the two worst teams probably in the Big Sky Conference, but this is one they got to get. I think they're getting right. I think they're maybe getting a little bit healthy. I'll take Montana State to cover uh, uh, the three points.
0: I don't expect Isaiah Infante to be back this year. I don't expect him to be back in any co- any form of consequence at least. I do expect Travis Johnson to be back this year. I do expect him to be back for this game. That helps Montana State significantly. I also think without Infante – Montana State's been able to mitigate it quite a bit. Troy Anderson's improved health helps. Logan Jones' return to the lineup helps. Lane Sumner's emergence helps. Tyrone Marshall's sudden emergence helps. All those things, I think, can help diversify Montana State's run game. To me, this is all about can Montana State have the courage to be as creative as they've been the last two weeks. They they always are so creative and innovative on offense when they play teams they know they're going to destroy. I want to see them do it against a good team. Okay. UC Davis is a good team. I think Montana State's going to be able to run the ball. If they can't, they're in trouble. If Montana State cannot run the ball in this game, they are screwed. If they can, I think that it's a good matchup for them because I think they're going to be able to put pressure on Jake Mayer on the other side. But you don't want to get into a shootout with UC Davis because UC Davis has playmakers all over the field. So uh, I I don't know, man. I
1: <sighs> The number's pretty good on this game, the minus three. I think is pretty good. I think the... It could be minus three, honestly, either direction.
0: The over-under is so hard, too, because if this game was in Montana, I'd put the over-under at, like, 50. Yeah. But it's in California, and that's huge advantage. 59.5
1: is the total. I'm taking the over on the total.
0: I got Montana State, and I got the over as well. I agree Kay. with
1: you. Last game, the Big Sky Conference, and it is a game of the re- week, uh, not just in the conference, but in the country. Number three, Weber State, on the road at number five, Montana, uh, in Washington Grizzly Stadium. Um. Weber State, Coulter, a a four-and-a-half-point underdog in this football game. Undefeated in Big Sky Conference play. They're the only undefeated team in the Big Sky. Montana, they're a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. They have not played a game this year that has been closer than two touchdowns. Not one. They're eight and two. They've lost by more than two touchdowns in the two games they've lost, and they have just beaten down basically everybody they've played. I think their closest margin of victory was a 15-pointer in the first week of the season at South Dakota. But they have been rolling over everybody that they've beaten. But without question, Weaver State is the best team they've played this year at the, F-B- at the FCS level. And this is going to be a war, man. I mean, this is going to be a physical game, uh, a high emotion, a high intensity football game. Uh, we expect Dalton Sneed to be back for the Grizzlies and starting in this football game after making an appearance and really leading the charge for Montana off the bench against Idaho last week. And Weaver State, uh, we just know. I mean, they're they're so good defensively. They're great on special teams. They've been running the ball really well this year. They they. They lose the quarterback matchup when you talk about Constantine versus Snead. So that is, you know, worth noting. But this is a really good football team who, you know, has a certain level of proven, I think is going to have, you know, you talk about being an underdog. as the number three team in the nation and undefeated. They don't care where they play. They think that that's going to be a bit of a slight. Both these teams are going to be ready to go. I can't wait for this game. Four and a half a bigger number than I would have thought on this thing, especially in favor of Montana, though.
0: Josh Davis's uncertain status is definitely a huge factor. He is the best running back in the Big Sky Conference. He rushed for over 300 yards in a game earlier this year. He was the national player, or the national freshman of the year a year ago. First team All League running back a year ago as a freshman, and he suffered a concussion last week. They took his helmet. He's in concussion protocol. He's questionable at best for this game. If he can't go. Kevin Smith and Chris Jackson have both been really adequate backups, but they're not one of the best running right. backs in the country, and right. that's what Weaver State does is hand him the ball. The other factor here is that Rasheed Shahid, Bobby Howe called him the most explosive player in FCS football. Bobby Howe also, a little gamesmanship. I don't know how you kick it away from a guy is what he said. They're going to not let Rasheed Shahid hurt them, whether it's by tackling him or mitigating his ability to return kicks. I think that the special teams – Element of this game is going to be huge. I also think the fact that Bobby Houck puts such a high priority on special teams will make it a stalemate between him and Jay Hill. And a stalemate is a win for Montana because Weber scores so much on special teams.
1: Yeah, and Weber State, not just with uh, Rashid Shahid back there, but they've run. So- like nine fake punts this season Yep, eight or and, nine yep. Yeah, man, they love they love going in there and mixing it up and sometimes Weber gets this reputation for being you know run the ball defense okay play great special teams sort of a, you know that's the formula but they uh Jay Hill ain't, a, ain't afraid to pull out a couple of a uh, couple of stops here and there and uh and try and make something happen for his team um Montana, man. First of all, I think they're nine and one against the spread, something like that this season. Uh, Weber State has been great against the spread as well. Dude, I really don't know. I, 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 I guess I trend at home towards the Grizzlies winning this thing. They've been so great in the second half of games, and 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 really, there's five different times, Coulter throughout this season that Montana has gone on a 24 nothing run in a football game. I mean, that is – that's unbelievable. Now, that ain't going to happen on Saturday, I don't think, but it shows you the firepower that this team has. And when they get rolling, they roll straight downhill on teams. And uh, – whether they're able to get the ball rolling that way, I don't know, but I think the momentum at some point is going to shift in their favor, especially at home. And I think that uh, I do think Montana fans are going to show up for this game. I know the university probably a little embarrassed at the turnout against the Idaho game last week, and they are lowering some prices on some tickets and really trying to get this thing sold out on the last home regular season game in a top five matchup. So I think it's going to be a, a really good atmosphere on Saturday. I'll take the Grizz to win by five, but I, 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 uh, I'm only saying that I would never as they say put my money where my mouth is on that number right here
0: I think that if Josh Davis can't go I think that that is an advantage Grizz, but I think that advantage is negated by the fact that Dalton Sneed is not 100% So that's a stalemate I think yeah. the special teams battle is gonna be a stalemate to me this comes down to can Jake Constantine handle the the intense pressure Montana's is gonna put on him he has been solid when he's good, and he's melted down a couple times. And they, it, it's been in big moments for Weaver State, including in the playoffs last year. We've seen guys that are not the national elite, the guys that are just kind of the solid quarterbacks, melt down a Washington Grizz before. How does he handle the atmosphere? How does he handle all the blitzing that Montana's going to do, all the pressure they're going to put on him? To me, that's the absolute key of the game. And then on the other side, how healthy is Snead? Is a less than 100 percent Dalton Sneed still good enough to go against Weber State's defense? And also Montana's offensive line yes. has improved, quote unquote,
1: much improved. Offensive they line are much better. Dominant defensive line, though,
0: no doubt, no doubt. I think that uh, I think that Adam Rodriguez, Jonah Williams, George Tarlis are three of the most physically intimidating defensive linemen in the country. Yeah. Honestly, at this level, so. um I think Weber State's secondary, though, is really young. That's an undertold story. Jay Hills does such a great job of being in sort of a rebuild year on defense and still being great on defense. I mean, they lost. Grant Toya, Landon Smith, or Landon Stice, excuse me, Jordan Prater, Juani Harrison. I mean, they had they had eight first-team all-league guys last year, and the only ones that are back are the two defensive ends, Adam Rodriguez and Jonah Williams. So yeah. they they have done a great job reloading. they got a bunch of young guys on the back end, though. What's Sammy Akemstaffs for the Grizz? How, did, how does Dalton Sneed exploit maybe some inexperience on the back end? There's so many different factors that go into this game. I think Montana's going to overwhelm Weaver State's offense, and I think that that's going to give the Grizz a definitive advantage, especially if Josh Davis is out and they can't use him to take some pressure off of Jake Constantine. I got the Grizz,
1: man. Over, under 54.5. Over. Taking the over as well.
3: Right now, they're they're a little bit of a hot team. They've won four straight. They 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 might have had a little bit of a hiccup last week and uh, only a eight point win over Indiana State uh, at home. At coming off a huge, uh, you know, they might they were coming off a huge win, a top ten win at Illinois State the week before on the road. And I think they came back. They were a little flat, maybe. Uh, but the defense arose, the challenge. Uh, kept uh, Indiana State out of the end zone again. I think for the third straight season. And they got the win, but they're on a four-game win streak. They're feeling good. Uh, they're rolling up there uh, looking for their first, you know, uh, a big win at South Dakota State, which would put them in line for their first national seed or a bye week since 2011. He likes to let his defense win. Uh, you, you know, they're, they're not going to you know, take a ton of high uh, high risk on offense. Uh, you know, they're going to let that defense play. They've got a really strong defense. Um, uh, that's how he wants to win. If they got to leave the second half, they're going to bleed the clock. You know they're going to maybe take their shots, but they're going to bleed the clock, and you know, and let that defense win the game. They're going to play the field position, you know, and uh, they're going to make you drive the length of the field to beat them. And uh, that's what he likes to do. You know, they got some explosive playmakers on offense, but when it comes down to it, he loves that defense. He loves winning with defense, and you know he's going to make you he's going to make opponents beat him against his his strength. I think it's a great matchup. Both these teams, you know, what well, was. Well, they're going to have a, starting a true freshman quarterback. This be his second consecutive start, I believe. Maybe a third of the year, or at least his second consecutive, you know. And uh, hopefully, you know, they're probably hoping he's going to be a little more comfortable. Illinois State pressured him like seventy percent of the time last week, and that was a big key. Uh, but Illinois State plays a little bit different style, different style of defense than you and I. So, what can you and I do to maybe slow them down? And I've been really good against the Jacks' run game, and that's been the key. Uh, I think you and I is three and uh, two against them in the last five meetings, and all three games to come in the regular season. In most games, you and I have allowed, allowed the Jacks less than 75 yards rushing. So when you and I hold that rushing game down, that makes those Jacks one dimensional, and then you and I can really, really, it got them where they want them. So it's a great matchup. It's going to be, uh, you know, they're going to get after each other. Well, uh, you know, it looks like it's going to be a nice day. Early forecast said it's going to be forty. Now there's a chance of maybe some rain. You and I has played in the rain like the last last two times they went outside. They played in the rain. They played in the rain down at Missouri State three weeks ago, and they played at the rain at Illinois State. Uh, they've been practicing outside. They practiced outside in the snow. They got a dome, and they were practicing out in the sky in the, outside in the snow yesterday. So they're getting ready. They're acclimated. They're ready to go out. They're ready for all conditions up there. Um, so that, that's one factor in there who and I is really beat up on offense. They're uh, all world uh, wide receiver Isaiah Weston, who has is 18 yards short of a 1,000 uh, yards, receiving this year as a sophomore, who may not play. He's questionable. Uh, so th- that takes another hit. They're down to uh, ba- basically two running backs and then a bunch of true freshman running backs. So that they can't take another. And one of those running backs that's healthy is really not healthy. He's about 75%. So they're really banged up there on the offensive side of the ball. I, I-, I see this as a big defensive game. And uh, I mentioned just a little earlier, it looks like, uh, you know, South Dakota State's missing their number one quarterback in Jabari Gibbs. So he's out for the year. They're going to be starting a true freshman. Uh, I-, I see a real defensive game here. I'm going to take the Panthers the six points, and I'm going to uh, go 13-10 you and I.
2: Thank you to Jim Nelson from the Waterloo Courier, who covers Northern Iowa, and my buddy Nuthouse for setting that up. He was on Northern Iowa plus six. Ryan, where are you?
1: Um, I'm going to go with them on this. I think South Dakota State, a, a home favorite by six points over a good Northern Iowa team against a team that wants to play a low-scoring game. I mean, these are two very, very different styles of play. But SDSU, losing to Illinois State, still trying to find its footing, coming out of the NDSU loss, and obviously after losing their starting quarterback for the season. Uh, I'll take the Panthers to cover this one up, although this is a, this is a huge game for South Dakota Say They need to win this game uh, to try and stay in a seeded situation to get a bye in the first week of the playoffs.
2: All right, that game is on ESPN three on Saturday. Then our only other ranked matchup at the FCS level: number nine Furman travels to number twenty-one Wofford. Furman is a one-point favorite, and this game is on ESPN plus.
1: Furman's so weird, man. They've been they're here back in the top ten again. They were before. They were like an eighteen-point. Favorite over Citadel and then just got housed by Citadel. But then they go and win last week by 39 over VMI. So this this team has had, you know, really good moments, more good moments than bad moments. But they are not, uh, you know, it's not as if they're not susceptible to laying an egg. I don't think they're going to lay an egg necessarily, but Wofford is a good team in their own right, number 21 in the nation. This is a rivalry game. It's a big game for both schools. Wofford may be playing for their playoff lives potentially in this football game. So I'm going to take Wofford. I mean, it's you know, plus Plus one, what does that really get you? Maybe not a lot, a little bit. I guess it gets you one is what it gets you. But I'll take Wofford at home uh, laying a point uh, against Furman, but I would uh, I would never touch this game. All right, all right.
2: Coulter had to go do some writing. He's a writer by trade. That's what trade. he is.
1: He's not actually a broadcaster or a podcaster. He's actually a writer.
2: He's a writer by trade. And he actually wanted to buddy Ryan's picks. He's going with Northern Iowa plus six and Wofford plus one because he doesn't like the Paladins. Just a firm no-Paladin guy.
1: Is that it? Huh. What an interesting deal.
2: That's what he said before. Okay. All right. <laughs> Finally, to the games that mean more because they're bowl games on the line.
1: Love the bowls. You and I, two-verse-one on the bowls against Coulter. Let's do it. All right, we
2: have number ten Oklahoma at number thirteen Baylor. This is the site of ESPN College Game Day. It is the primetime game on ABC, and Baylor is a ten point underdog.
1: I love the Sooners in this spot. I think Oklahoma. Uh, are they are they number ten? Did they lose to Iowa State last week? What happened? They there? won
2: forty two forty one. It was quite the game. They should have. They should have lost. Uh Iowa State went for 2 at the end of the game to try and win and Bro- quarterback Iowa State quarterback Brock Purdy's pass was picked off in the end zone. It initially looked like he caught the Iowa State guy caught the ball and the Oklahoma defender just ripped it out of his uh-huh. hands. So it was one of those weird Yo. ones
1: the old the old steel and takeaway huh like yeah. uh, uh like san francisco seattle on monday night with dk metcalf having that thing ripped out of it exactly there. that kind of thing scenario. it was that kind of thing um listen uh, oklahoma uh excuse me is is okay so and they win but they lose a spot cuz it's iowa state i don't know they're losing a little bit of ground here
2: they may or may not have lost ground because minnesota jumped in front of them who right. was 17 Penn State dropped from four to
1: eight. Okay, so Penn State and Minnesota, both above them, they they basically hold, but they're going to tip the cap to the winner over Penn State. It was number four in the nation, R- reasonable. Baylor's undefeated. Baylor wants to prove that they belong and that they're, you know, this big 12 power and so forth and so on. I just don't buy it, man. I just don't buy it. Now, if you're only winning by a point on a questionable situation to Iowa State after you know having lost a game already uh, Oklahoma I don't know but i like Oklahoma on a primetime situation to try and just prove that they belong and look there's only one way for Oklahoma to make any type of any type of look at the postseason which by the way i think is Basically, that, that bird is full on the clue. But you have to win and win convincingly over an undefeated team. There's not very many opportunities in the Big 12 to have a statement game because there's not very many good teams in the Big 12. But beating an undefeated Baylor team on the road by more than 10 – that's one. That's the best scenario that you could possibly be in if you're Oklahoma. They have to figure out a way to do that and and win by twenty. I think so, and I, and I think they will. I believe in Jalen Hurts and uh, and and the Sooners in this football game. I'll take Oklahoma as uh, and lay the points.
2: All right, trying to bring the hurt to uh, Baylor, courtesy of Jalen Hurts. Ha ha. All right. The biggest game of the day at the FBS level is the SEC game of the day on CBS at 1:30 Mountain Time. It's number four Georgia traveling to number twelve Auburn. Auburn is a two and a half point underdog.
1: Auburn is good. They got a really good defensive line. They're at home. They're not playing for anything like what Georgia's playing for. Georgia, even with a loss to South Carolina, has themselves in that fourth spot for the playoff. And I think Georgia's a really good football team. I think they're going to win this game. I think it's going to be a really great game. But even as an underdog, uh, even as a favorite on the road, uh, I'm going to still stick with the Georgia Bulldogs to win this thing by five. Five's my number today. So let's call it a maybe it's a five nothing game. How great would that be?
2: That would be something. I think uh, CBS would be livid. All right, Arizona at number six, Oregon. This is Pac-12 After Dark on ESPN. This is my favorite thing. It prevents me from having to do anything that will cost me money. Oregon minus 27.
1: I got the ducks, uh, and you know that that's a real pick because I hate Oregon. Okay, that's just for you podcast listeners to know that a personal piece of information about me. Uh, I hate the Oregon Ducks, and I'm picking the Oregon Ducks to win by 40. Arizona is uh, just they're just nowhere. Okay, they're just nowhere at all. And Oregon again needs to continue to statement make as much as it can. Uh, They're at seven. Utah's at eight, I believe, or Utah's at six. One of the two. They're six, seven, seven, eight. Utah's (laughs) seven. No, Oregon's seven, according no, to Oregon this. Oregon is six. Okay, okay. Just we saying. went over this.
2: Okay. I screwed up we, on the notes. Okay.
1: I didn't know that. Oregon's at six, but the point is is they they need to continue to prove that they belong and all that. The loss to Auburn to begin the year, but they've been rolling since then. But you got to beat the teams that you should beat and beat them handily and beat them down, and especially at home in Autzen Stadium on a night game. Give me the Ducks to win Going away and cover up the 27.
2: There you have it. Ryan has Oklahoma minus 10, Georgia minus 2.5,
1: Oregon minus 27. All the favorites. I'm taking front runners in this one. Um, this has been FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. We appreciate all of you for listening to us. You can find uh, the show uh, and uh, and us on Instagram at 1029ESPN and uh, subscribe to the FCS Speculators and to Tell Nuad to tell and nuana's podcast if i could say my partner's last name that would be good to tell and nuana's podcast uh you get it wherever uh, wherever you get your podcast rate it subscribe to it enjoy it we appreciate it